and patient with us. In this moment, we totally decrease and die our flesh to where there is none of us and only you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space, into this atmosphere and say that you can saturate it with all of God. Lord, you can think through our minds and speak through our lips and give us the tongue of the learned so that you are glorified and your people are good. We thank you as we continue along this journey of going into the deep, into the deeper things of you, Lord God, specifically on today, discussing prayer. We pray, Lord God, that revelation, understanding, and knowledge comes forth right now in Jesus' name, and that you um, open our eyes of understanding so that we can walk in the wisdom thereof and be more powerful and effective and deliberate and strategic and intentional with our prayers. So we thank you for all these things and more, God. We thank you that this will be a time of great study, a time of great joy, a time of, of great restoration and recalibration, Lord God, as we go further into the deep with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, <laughs> what does he mean? Is this breaking the fourth wall? What is the fourth wall? I have no clue what he's talking about. Hey, Raymond. What anyway, fourth wall, Raymond. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. And he probably texted me, but because I'm on my phone, I can't look at my text because. I'm not even about to play with the setup today. But anyway. Because. So last Before week. Before we get started, can I say one thing? Don't even guess it. No, you cannot. So okay. last week. <laughs> your hair's growing, though. Thank you. I just Thank really you. want you to straighten it so we can see how long it is. All right. You're in New York. You want to come over and do it for me? I'm. That's not my ministry. Okay. What about letting me borrow your flat irons? Because I don't have any. I don't have a flat iron. I don't do anything to my hair i go to the people who know how to do hair and have been blessed with their hands because these I hands am. were not blessed for hair i can do my own hair but i don't feel like it okay i'll straighten my hair let's see what episode we on episode three and i want you to get a trim because i'm just looking at the dead ends oh my gosh you're gonna just put this on the podcast platform like go ahead what she was about to say I was trying to see like what episode first of all then i did this is episode it's, three it's not as curly as the rest of them but anyway um, I'm going to by episode seven, my hair will be straight for the people. Anyway, so last week, thank you, Raymond. What is that? Y'all were getting it together. I still don't know what he's talking about, but I'll talk to him later. So last week, well, tell us how you feel, Dana. I did. I feel like she needs a trim and she needs to straighten Jesus her hair. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Let's get to the word of God. <laughs> so last week, we discussed in our season two of Into the Deep, I guess we were getting deep into a discussion about prayer. And we talked about being positioned for prayer and the importance and power of prayer and why i just missed whatever comment it is that you just put up it wasn't but, a comment 
It was just okay. letting people know what the title of season two is. Oh, yeah. Or season the two is the theme is Into the Deep. So while we were discussing some elementary principles or tenets of the faith, we wanted to get deeper in a deeper discussion of them. So last week we discussed prayer and got deep into a discussion about being positioned to pray and, and abiding in God in that position, praying without ceasing. Um, what else did we really talk about? Oh, bringing God's will to earth and just really uh, grabbing hold of the power that we have in praying. Mm -hmm. So this week, we wanted to continue that conversation kind of because prayer is such an important and foundational tenant in the faith. And we wanted to go a little deeper again and now talk about being postured to pray. And this came from a conversation we had on one of our group prayer, call, prayer calls and it was a very intense prayer call and it was very prophetic and God was just very much saturating that atmosphere and speaking through multiple people on the prayer call. And it got to the point that when we were like, all right, we just need to like pray. Three of us got on our knees and the other members didn't necessarily get on their knees. And so then the question came up to, well, why did y'all three get on y'all knees to pray? We've been having this whole encounter with God this whole hour and a half, and we always like in bed, sitting down, chilling. And now y'all are reposturing yourselves because we're about to go into prayer. And I was like, well, I didn't think that people who are already Christian had to ask that kind of question because I think the image of prayer is usually on your knees in a reverence position with your head bowed. So for me, for a Christian to ask, well, why did you get on your knees? I was a little confused, but that made me think like, well, why did I get on my knees? Mm -hmm. Why don't, why doesn't everyone know this? Why, what is this, what, what is here that we need to discuss? Mm -hmm. And so in having that discussion with the people on the prayer call, it opened up a broader study in terms of being postured to pray. And so while last week we discussed being positioned to pray, if we take our correct position in prayer, meaning abiding in Christ and positioning, our, positioning ourselves in him as he sits in the heavenly places to the right throne of the Father, to the right of the throne of the Father, if we're in that position, spiritually speaking, now earthly and naturally and physically speaking, what position or posture do we need to take? We already got that connection now. We're already positioned. Is there anything else we need to do? Mm -hmm. And so having this better understanding of posture, I think will also help us have more effective prayers because that's the whole reason we had the conversation last week. Yeah. How can we have more powerful and effective prayers? How can we see the things we're praying for? How can we feel like our prayers are heard or at least answered? And so obviously I think I think, and I don't want to assume, but I think everyone knows that the main posture in prayer is a heart posture, having the correct heart, having a clean heart, having a humble heart, having an open heart, right? Having a contrite heart, having a heart that is uh, in a posture to go into communication, go into fellowship, go into a place of reverence with God. Mm -hmm. So assuming that people have that understanding, then it became, does the physical posture have to match the heart posture? 
Because if your heart is open, should you be laying in bed like this? If your heart is humble, should you be physically standing like this? If your heart is contrite, broken, willing to receive, should you be like, well, God. Well, I'm sorry for my podcast listeners because I started acting out. But <laughs> just just basically what I was acting out was the juxtaposition between physical posture and heart, heart posture. And so if we do have that humble heart, that contrite heart, that open heart, that um, heart that really is in the, in the correct posture, our physical posture should match it. And while we discussed last week that we should pray without ceasing, as First Thessalonians tells us, and every time you pray, if you're praying constantly, you can't constantly be in a position of on your knees or prostrate or whatever, but different postures and different prayers might require different physical postures. Mm-hmm. So that's the discussion we wanted to talk about in terms of having, as I wanted to talk about, in terms of being postured to pray because your physical position should have the same expression of your spiritual position. Mm-hmm. And so this is, that's why I said it's a, it's a continuation from last week. And this posture should express the attitude of your heart. But also, as I was talking with the person from the prayer call, your posture also should match the attitude of the prayer because there's different kinds of prayers because you're praying without ceasing. You have short prayers, you have long prayers. You have, I think Cassandra's going to go through the different type of prayers, but you have these different types of prayers. Your posture might need to match that. So if you're just talking to God as you're walking down the street, obviously your posture might be less formal because you're having an informal conversation and I have informal conversations with God all the time especially when people get on my nerves oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean it's real so that you know we're not talking about that but the the posture should match the prayer as well as the heart pos- position or the hot, heart posture posture so I was just studying that and I came across an article that went through some of the different postures that we see in the Bible so that it could back it up with biblical evidence because that's what I do and this is a conversational Bible study. But I just wanted to briefly go through the different postures because everybody might not be familiar with them and everybody might not see the importance in them. And then I believe Cassandra's gonna talk about the different types of prayers which also coincide with the different postures you might wanna take. So- Wait, before you jump into it, can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. The thing that um, I love about like God rerouting us and having us to talk about the postures of prayers and the, even the types of prayers is because the reason why three of us had, I believe, the reason why three of us immediately when we was like, all right, let's pray, like, all right, let's pray, let's go in, is because like you stated, what was happening was so powerful. The presence of God was like very profound. Like prophecy was flowing, correction was flowing. So we knew when it was time to enter into this prayer place and into this prayer position, like it was a, it was already going down and we were sitting down. So we knew that, okay, now we're about to intentionally and actively go into prayer about what God just presented to us. Like, oh, it's about to get real. And one of the things I remember, we I was like, all right, so let's get into prayer. And I remember it was either me or one other person. They was like, ooh, this is heavy. I can't remember which one of us said it. But Lord, like the glory and the presence of God was already heavy. And I don't know about y'all, but like if you've ever encountered the glory of God, the weight is real and it will like press upon you. Like <laughs> just like in a 
quote unquote light setting when you're experiencing the glory of God. So just imagine when like God is like rising up one this standard because I believe that that's one of the things that was happening during their prayer call. Like I was rising up this standard. And then it was a lot of correction that was happening. It was a lot of accountability, like just a recalibrating of what God said and our priorities and what he was trying to do or what he was going to do in this season and the preparation that was necessary for us. So after you like are praying and seeking God for something and then he meets you there with that answer. And now you know that there is work because a lot of times when it comes to prayer, especially if you're in this place where you are silent to hear from God, he will provide you with the insight, the strategy, and the instructions of what you're supposed to do next. So when you after you receive the instructions, you know that there is something for you to do. So we had to humble ourselves, like, all right, God, this is already a lot. And I'm not trying to basically just be... Uh, what is the word when people be falling out? Basically, I'm not trying to be like that. On slain. This, uh, slain. I'm not trying to be slain on this Zoom call, uh, which honestly, it's okay if it is. But I feel like I just really want to clarify, like, we knew because of what preceded the prayer, how um, powerful this prayer was about to be and how intentional and deliberate we needed to be. And I think that Dana will go more into the postures and the strategies and intentionalities when it comes to prayer. Yeah, because people began slain in their house, child. I know one of, our one of our listeners on the line, I won't call him out. He began, we be on our <laughs> 2030s prayer calls and he be like, child, I was on my face. The fact that the fact that you text me, like, call me after you done screaming in tongues. Bye, get out of my house. Like, what? But it'd be real. Like, it'd be real. And I do be screaming at tongues. Anyway. <laughs> we was in Sunday school one Sunday and one of the deacons. Mind you, she's 78. Well, I don't want her age out there, but I already did. But she's older, but she's like a prayer warrior. Like, everybody in the community and probably all of Brooklyn knows if you need prayer, you go to her. And she was like, yeah, child, because I'll be slain in my own house. I'll be under the couch. <laughs> I'll be under the bed. But that's real. Sometimes the spirit will knock you out himself. And yes. like I think some people who are unfamiliar with being slain in the spirit, one, are afraid of it, or two, think it's something that happens when someone lays hands on you or this person pushed you. But I remember one Pentecost Sunday, it was probably 2018 or 17. I was my pastor, he did a he has a tradition where on Pentecost Sunday he forms a line and lays hands on people one by one. And I mean, we'd be in there for hours. Like you, he'll have regular church service at 1130, church will be over by like one. And then he's like, all right, it's time for Pentecost service. And we leave at five o'clock. Oh, Jesus. Come on, God. Cause he's just laying hands on everybody. So every year, you know, you about to experience a different experience. <laughs> and so I guess people usually anticipate only being slain once they get up to pastor, if they are going to be slain, because you don't have to be slain in the spirit. But this one year, I think I was just more aware of my giftings, purpose, callings, and things like that. And I was just in this space with God that I'm on the line, because he does it by age too. So I'm on the line with a bunch of millennials. And there's this girl in front of me who I don't know, never seen a day in my life. I think she was one of the guys from the church girlfriend that he just bought that Sunday. And God's like, lay hands on her. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know this woman. And then 
it kind of looked like she had a weave or a wig. And you know how black women are with their hair. So I'm like, I don't want to be laying my hands on her from the back. She don't know who I am. And she might feel subconscious because I could see this isn't her hair. So God was like, if you don't lay hands on her, when right. I say I laid hands on her and next thing you know, I fell out. I said, what? My God, hold on. I Girl, that was 2019. I went to lay hands on her. I don't even know if I touched her head. I think I touched her head, but I, I touched her head. But it's like, as soon as I touched her head, I fell out. Wow. And I was like, what is happening <laughs> right like it was so crazy and like we were nowhere near past her because the line was long so i was like that was the first time that i got slain like just get slain like yeah anybody lay hands on me whatever but you know then as i was in that posture on the floor a whole bunch of other stuff started happening and it opened up my spirit and not just my spirit but my body because now it's like your flesh is no longer resisting as well because that also comes with the different postures physical postures if they're matching your spirit at the time and so while my spirit then opened up and was no longer resistant to laying hands on her now he's like all right now let me knock you out and now my physical mm. body can no longer resist because i'm now just laid out on the floor and next thing he's like okay lay hands on this person lay hands on that person and the people laying hands on it was a beautiful thing <laughs> No, and that's that something experience. I was going to say because I believe that how to put it in like layman's terms or just like a metaphor, not even a metaphor. I feel like being slain in the spirit is just after you get into a place of surrenderance. Like, okay, mm -hmm. God, like I'm allowing you to have your way. Like I'm releasing mm -hmm. and re re like I'm relinquishing control. And yep. then that is how you get quote unquote slain in the spirit. It's because you're just... God, you can just, I'm surrendering. You can have all mm -hmm. of this moment, whatever it is that you want to do. And then right. from that, it's like the, because of whatever. The, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, my in, my, in my house, like, I get to this place of surrendering unto God. And it has, I have experienced, I talk, talked about this one time in the pulpit. Like, I have never experienced a day, and I'll talk about intercession later, but a day filled with intercessory prayer, praying in tongues. And, like, to the point where it was for hours, like, hours. I'm talking about some, I was asleep. I, I was praying in tongues in my sleep. And I know that that sounds, like, unrealistic, but it's the truth. And it was in the middle of the day. And I knew because I was physically, like, eyes closed, not able to move, but was still praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Like, it was one of the most beautiful encounters that I've ever experienced because I ain't never been talking in tongues in my sleep. But that's another process <laughs> for another day. But what, as my pastor says, it sometimes God needs to knock you out to get to to get to you. Yep, he's not. Nothing tight. Can I, I just risk COVID would be over so we can have Pentecost in person because it's just such an encounter. Granted, you kept Pentecost in your house, but it's just so different when your entire church is having an encounter and you just feel like it feels like Pentecost, like the spirit comes down on the entire place. Wow. Like that that's what our Pentecost be like. Sherelle came one year, you guys come, but it's just like an experience when you're together versus, you know, you can obviously have your own personal Pentecost. But anyway, I like how you said like being slain is a matter of surrenderance because that goes into like your physical postures and i know the reason i got on my knees on our prayer call was because i was like all right god you've already used me to speak prophetically and you've already put a lot of intensity in my heart or intense correction in my heart so let me now surrender before i go into this place of prayer like surrender whatever it is i was doing that i shouldn't have been doing or whatever fleshly feelings I might have that I don't even know I have. And so not only is it 
it's a it's a place of surrendering when I get on my knees too. Cause also Same. I was praying. I was the one leading the prayer. Yeah. And and as we discussed last week, I don't always like to pray. Most of the but time, baby, what she do? So she has to surrender. That's why she get on. Her no, knees. that's the thing. Exactly. That's why I have to surrender to get on my knees. Cause it it this happens very often, which I'll be telling my business on here, but I'll be like on prayer calls, laying in my bed. And God will be telling me, like, you know, you're about to pray. And I'm like, I don't want to pray. I'm not going to pray. Why do I have to pray? And so I'm resisting. And then I'm resisting in my spirit. And then finally, when my spirit is like, fine, all right, whatever, I'll pray. <laughs> not like that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, okay, God, yes, I'll pray. Then my physical posture matches that. And I get on my knees because it's like, let me show this place of surrender that I'm going to do what you told me to do. I'm going to pray because you told me I need to pray in this moment. I'm going to surrender my fleshly feelings to the spirit and whatever it is you need to happen right now or communicate to us so that we can hear it and speak it or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, we could start with the whole posture of getting on your knee on your knees. And as I was, as we discussed, it's a, a surrendering thing. It's a humble thing, like um, Cassandra said, because you know something intense is about to happen. Um, it's also acknowledging the lordship of Jesus, Jesus, and that you are beneath Him. Mm-hmm. Um, it it provides like this visual image of submission and or surrenderance to His authority, to His lordship. Um, I think the scriptures behind that was in Philippians two verses nine through eleven. I won't read all of these, but I'll just throw it out there. But it's it's for me and how I've understood understood it to be a place of humility. Even in Psalms, it says, let us worship and bow down. And when you're worshiping, you're showing reverence. So you have to be humble enough to do so. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And that's Psalms 95, 6. So for me, getting on your knees is a place of surrendering, humility, and acknowledging the lordship of Jesus and the reverence and giving him that reverence that he's due. Um, and I think that's the most, that's the position most people are familiar with, the, the, the physical position that most people are familiar with. Um, so as I was talking to um, the person from the prayer call and he was trying to understand, he was like, okay, so let me get this right. So is it like the lower you get, the more humble you are? Mm. And I was, and then I to think about it and I was like, yeah, I guess so. Cause humility is lowliness. And the lower you can get physically, that's, you know, you showing your humility. And so the lower you get, the more humble you are. And then that reminded me of the uh, an- another posture of prayer being prostrate. Uh-huh. When, you're, when, you lay, when you lay flat out, face down on the floor. And that's even lower than kneeling. And that's just complete. Whether you're slain or intentionally prostrate, that's complete humility. That's complete show a complete showmanship of unworthiness like god i am yeah. unworthy i am on my face you are god i am human i am dirt let me get I as close dirt. to the dirt Look, as yeah, i, I can i am dirt <laughs> let me get as close to the dirt as i can it's a place of give me mercy too because i am dirt and you're a god and it's like a physical posture that usually comes in a place of complete like a need of complete humility or even I was reading something that said it's a response to a serious crisis. Um, wow. And it says when God made a covenant with Abraham, Abraham recognized his unworthiness and fell on his face. So that's Genesis 17, 1 through 22. And if 
Abraham is the father of faith, who we should be modeling our faith after, and he was on his face. I think at some point in every Christian's prayer life, they should be prostrate. Me personally, I've never intentionally been prostrate. I've been slain, but I've never intentionally been prostrate, but I'm sure I need to be prostrate because then maybe some of my prayers that I have right now will be in a different place. I thought you said that you be praying on your stomach on a prayer call. And I'll be on my knees. Oh, I don't know why I thought you said that to me. I'm like, dang, this girl really be prostrate. No wonder she be going in. Man, that's crazy. Uh -huh. I was thinking it. Okay. Well, you still be mm -mm. going in. <laughs> and so then uh I think like that's a that's a position that less people are familiar with, but a position that more of us should be familiar with. Uh -huh. And then obviously when just going back to when you're on your knees or even when you're standing, just bowing your head, showing that as a sign of reverence, like in submission and worship. And that's also, I think, a more common understanding of a physical posture because multiple religions bow their head, you know, mm -hmm. like. I think each each uh, religion might have a different physical posture when they go into prayer, even if you think about Muslims and how they pray, but most religions pray by bowing their head. And that's because it shows a uh, reverence and respect. Because even in other cultures, when you just meet in an elder or somebody, you got to bow because yeah. that just shows reverence. So understanding that, you know, sometimes I think people just, I think people have got, I mean, honestly, I think people have gotten really lazy as Christians and comfortable. Comfortable. I was just about to say it. Comfortable. I think that we sometimes bring God too far down to like our equal instead of us coming up to him like you know like it's I was having that conversation on the phone because I was like go ahead what you gonna say no, I'm just gonna say like you know it says like we're we're seated in heavenly places because we're become joint heirs to the throne right and that's something that we spoke about last week of you know not being joint heirs with Jesus Christ and we know that he's seated at the right hand of the father which means that he we are too right spiritually speaking so instead of trying to minimize God or to bring him down to our level of understanding as we are finite beings but he is infinite in all of his ways instead of us trying to quote unquote like rise to the occasion and rise to the level of understanding or go up to him through humility, which can kind of be confusing, but nevertheless, through understanding, which is why we're going into the deep, right? It, instead of us, like, ascending, we try to bring him down. Like, what? He is For not human. Fact. Like, he is For not fact. human. He is not, he is, he is God. <laughs> he created humans. He spoke the world into existence. Like, I think that sometimes we forget about Genesis because we are on our way to Revelation, or because we're living in Revelation. Uh, and also I was having that conversation when we were talking about the postures. I was like, I think that even goes in presentation, like how we present ourselves to God, not just in prayer, but like I personally now I this might be controversial or unpopular, but the new like millennial church and the church moving forward and how casual it's got mm. in terms of dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I get it a little bit, come as you are. Yeah. But God also said to give us our best. So people who are not at least even putting effort into that presentation, it's like, what reverence are you showing if you just, if you show up to God the same way you show up to go to your homegirl's house and chill and kick it on her couch? Like, where's the difference? I don't, I, there's, it's like a certain amount of reverence that if I'm coming to you physically, not only spiritually as you are God, not only in our posture and prayer, but in our presentation, I just think that if you're supposed to be giving God your best, give God your best. 
And I think because, like you said, that whole bringing God down, getting comfortable, comfortable with God, yeah. that reverence is getting lost. But well, so with the like millennial churches are, you know, those churches that are on that come as you are. I don't necessarily disagree because to some people who dress like I guess I always took it from the posture of like, how would I dress if I was going to see X person, right? Mm-hmm. So that helps me, like, because at one point I was the person, like, I'm gonna just throw on these jeans, like, you know, I don't have to do anything extra because this church guy says, Come as you are. But then I was, th- I one day I just started thinking, like, oh, but if I was going to dinner with whoever, or if I was trying to, like, I would be putting on my best, or if I was going, you know, doing that's what I mean, thing, you know, like, yeah, so I feel like if. The heart posture of like if you if you would go to an event rocking cut up jeans and a leather jacket, yo, shut, turn up to go to church like that because that is your best. But if mm-hmm. typically your best is like suit and tie, if I mean of course there's different levels to the different types of events. But at the end of the day, if your typical norm is a one standard, then don't lessen that standard when it comes to the things of God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's how I feel. So anyway, that in terms of, I think I got to that place because of recognizing the reverence that we need to show God or give less than you do to go sit on the couch. Exactly. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But that all came from or stemmed from this showing of or this sign of reverence and remembering that prayer is also an expression of worship so if you're worshiping god then he has to be above you and so the bowing of the head even that because I, I the reason i also use lazy is because i feel like some people be on prayer calls including myself praying in bed and because you're laying down in bed you can't necessarily bow your head or i mean you can but it's harder and so it's like you literally just in the same position that you was sleeping in yeah and I would, i'm glad that you even mentioned that and that we're even transparent because one of the things that we spoke about on that we tell y'all all our little business but one of the things that we spoke about i don't know if it was during the prayer call or after the prayer call but it's about like you know not showing up as your full self or as your surrendered self during a prayer call when you know that you it's a prayer call i'm specifically tuning in for prayer like i'm specifically mm-hmm joining this thing to hear from God or to commune with God or to petition to God. And so I was talking to somebody, I don't know if it was you maybe, but I was like, you know, as soon as we hop on the line, I'm already on my floor. Like there Mm -hmm. is no me getting on the floor or me having to like, all right, let me get postured to pray. Because as soon as we get on the line, even though we're just doing the pleasantries, I already know what I'm showing up to do. So I already come in the position, like I'm dialing in and I'm getting out of my bed or I'm dialing in. If I'm in the kitchen, I'm going to my room. Like I Mm -hmm. always try to be as intentional as possible. Of course, there have been times when we're in the car or we're traveling Mm -hmm. or something like that. But if I know, you know, and I am able to get into the correct posture when it comes, especially because a lot of times. We are presenting heavy things, even if it's not heavy. It may be heavy to someone. And so a lot of times we're petitioning God or presenting something to God or um, seeking God for answers or warring, like warring. A lot of our stuff end up being like warfare prayers. 
Like, I don't got time to be like, oh, let me get out of my bed. Like, no. Like, or, oh, let me get off my computer. Like, no, I'm already ready. Like, I'm already ready. I'm already armored. I'm ready to go because this is what we're calling for. And so I think that even the strategy and the intentionality of showing up, because you said something last week that I meant to follow up on about someone that you heard said, I think you said it was Tony Evans or somebody um, about like the prayer call or something being the least attended, like the prayer service being the least attended service um, within the church. And it just mm -hmm. reminded me of something where I heard, and I don't think it was Tony Evans because I don't listen to him regularly, but I heard someone once say, why is intercessory prayer the lowest, has the lowest amount of memberships? like you know the intercessory prayer team and i started thinking like that i remember when we was out able to go outside like i started going to intercessory prayer now although i didn't necessarily join it and i wasn't as consistent as i was like within the media department or with the other ministries that i and i know that you can be called to be an intercessor i understand that but like when they do have prayer meetings or when they do have intercessory prayer like why are you not coming to church that that 30 minutes earlier to cover your church and the proceedings that you're going to partake of and i think that even goes to worship and then i'm gonna shut up like a lot of times people stroll in when the word about to begin so oh you can get from god but you don't want to give give him nothing first like what what are we doing what are we doing right now so well that's a whole other conversation because i'm gonna just leave that alone mm -hmm. anyway so the next the next posture standing before god um Oh, sorry, just before we get to standing, because we're still talking about lowliness, we're bowing our heads, kneeling and prostrate. The other thing I had said to my friend that I wanted to point out in terms of humility is when we spoke on Martha and Mary, when Jesus came to the house and Martha started cleaning. I, I knew Raymond was on the, on the call. That's why I said it's a whole other conversation. Because, because, whole other conversation. Anyway, um, Martha and Mary, Jesus pulled up to the house. Martha's cleaning and Mary goes and sits at Jesus's feet to receive the teaching. And that in itself, I told my friend, I was like, Mary could have sat next to Jesus. Mary could have stood up next to Jesus. But Mary chose specifically to get at Jesus's feet because she understood that whatever he had to say and teach, she was below that and that she was below him. And she was humble and even sitting at his feet as she was communing with him to so receive, even, right? to receive. Yeah. so even in prayer i don't i didn't have like sitting as um a, a posture. posture but even if we consider sitting but you are thinking of physically of this visual of physically sitting but at the feet of god because if you're going to god's feet and you're sitting that even in itself could be a place of humility and a open surrendered posture to receive so then standing um it represents in this article is that it represents our position in christ in christ's righteousness and even our preparation for battle and it shows a readiness to serve and I remember I, I, there was this sermon I listened to, and I can't pull up the notes right now because it's on my phone, but it was talking about being seated, stand, sit, stand, walk. And it was just talking about the different positions that we take in Christ, sitting, 
seated, seated, standing and walking. And so obviously standing in Christ in your position is another posture and it can represent all the things I just mentioned in terms of being prepared for battle, being prepared to serve because you're about to walk. It shows, like I said, this readiness to serve. Um, or once again, just standing firmly in that righteousness, standing firmly in that position in Christ. Um, even if you think about the past prophets, Moses, Daniel, whoever, when they stood before the king to proclaim what the Lord had to say. Yeah. So this position of or this posture of standing, if it matches the attitude of the prayer, the heart, the heart posture or the thing that God is giving us in that moment, standing can be another posture to consider. And I'm not talking about unintentionally standing, but intentionally standing. Yeah. Like authority and boldness. Exactly. Are you talking about walking? No, I'm not. Because I want to say that. Okay, well. I've been on my knees, like praying, going in, doing nothing. God use me, and I didn't know where I would get up and start, like, and it would be like a real thing. And I remember I was on the phone with somebody, and I was like, I was walking around, like I don't even know, know what was happening. I was just walking around, like it, it just got real. I was walking in circles, and um, I still don't fully know. But there are times where I think that there's this domain and authority and this mm -hmm, power and walking boldness that it's like oh yeah let's go yeah so that's like the time i was walking from the train through the streets of philly and i was on that prayer call yes. that's what Where's that just reminded me up we were on the same prayer call but this was back when we was on fire <laughs> we're, we're still on fire we getting there but we was on fire and this was in this was like my first month in philly if not my second month in philly maybe my third but i really think my first or second so i just got to philly and there's a whole testimony into how i got to philly but the testimony long and short is god sent me there and i was coming up out the train station and this was a popular train station inside and outside to be inundated with homeless people mentally ill people people battling substance abuse so think of it like 42nd street if you're in new york like yeah. Times square and this was like the because I work in Center City. And so this was like one of the main stations. So Center City is like Midtown. And it's like the main station in Center City. So like think of Times Square. I'm walking and my, through. And for my St. Louis people, it's like Union, Union Station. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and so I'm coming up out. We're on the prayer call. I don't even remember what we was praying. We were praying for you and for your chains to be loose and for freedom. And in praying a prayer about freedom for one person led to us praying a prayer about freedom in general. And now I'm walking through this train station and I just felt the spirit so intensely yeah. that I no longer had control of my tongue. And I don't yeah. mean I was speaking in tongues. I was still speaking English, but I had no control of what I was saying because the boldness that Paul speaks of is the boldness I started speaking with. And I don't think I ever spoke with that. I'm lying. I spoke with that amount of boldness before and after, but that was just one that sticks out in terms of sometimes when I'm, I know I'm about to do something to say something, I ask for God's boldness. And so then I then have that ability and capability, but this was something that just 
took over me. Yeah. And it was a level of boldness. I never, this was a level of boldness I've never done though, because I'm now walking through the train station, walking past these people and walking through the streets of Philly, proclaiming that this is God's territory, proclaiming that he's going to take the territory back. I mean, straight up engaging in warfare and people are now looking at me like I'm one of the mentally ill people because I'm screaming through yeah, the streets of Central City. It was that, crazy. She said that in a prayer. She was like, I, I said that in the prayer. I ain't never did nothing like this in my life, but God, you can use me. I was like, I said, and I don't care because people are looking at me like I'm crazy, but I don't care. It was crazy, though. It, like, if I wasn't me, I would have thought I was crazy. But it was crazy. And I was like, that, and I did not care. When I say the, that was one of the best prayers I think I've ever prayed, because I just felt the spirit walking with me, cleaning the streets of Philly. And like I said, that part of Philly, I mean, most of Philly, I, I shout out to my Philly people, but that part of Philly, you could just see the manifestation of evil. My God. And so, and so in darkness too. And so I was just like, I kind of felt like light now sweeping through the place as I was walking and wow. I was praying and I would see my eyes are open cause I'm walking, but I was praying. And I, that's another thing with like praying. I think people just have this one idea of what prayer looks like. Your eyes don't have to be closed. Yeah. Your it's head don't watchful. have to be, be watchful. Yeah, your head don't have to be bowed. Cause like I said, there's different types of prayers. And if you're praying constantly without ceasing, if you're walking through the streets, you can't have your eyes closed. You can't have your head bowed. You can't be on your knees, but God is still calling you to pray. And you might have to be walking as you're doing it. And I think there was a reason that God had me walking as I was praying, because like I said, if it felt like a spirit in the spirit, like as I was walking, I was bringing the presence of God through the places I was walking through. Ah! Oh, friend. So, Let's not get caught up on prayer has to look like this. Yeah. Or however you think prayer has to look because that's going to keep you from praying in different spaces. And for our podcast listeners, when she said like this, she closed her hands, like, you know, prayer hands on the emoji. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't intend to talk about walking, but that, since you brought it up, that happened. And that was a thing. And Raymond says he's definitely, he definitely identifies as a prayer walker. And his last name, Walker. That's funny. But I definitely, Deacon Brickhouse, she's a prayer walker too. Like you'll just see her pacing back and forth to church and she's smiling and she's just like, but you know, she's praying in the spirit and she's just walking and walking. And even if you think about the walls of Jericho and how they had to walk around the wall seven times. And if you do a Jericho march or a Jericho, uh, whatever you want to call it, prayer, you walk around the space for seven times. And while you're silent, you're still reverencing, worshiping in your spirit and in truth. And then on the seventh time is when you um open your mouth to worship and to pray and to praise, but you're still walking. Wow. Girl, first of all, I've never even heard about that type of prayer. I mean, I've heard that I know about that prayer. Um, and I know about you know, the Jericho prayer. March. No girl. And what is the purpose to bring some strong to break them walls down? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's good though. Cause I know it wasn't one of the prayers that I have listed to talk to the people about. We all know me and Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> No, for real. We've done them in like um, shut-ins. We'll do Jericho marches. But I know people who personally was like, God sent me to do a Jericho march around this community. And because we live in the projects, our community is literally like a circle or whatever. And I know people who have done Jericho marches around the community. Yeah. But in our prayer, I mean, in our church, we've done Jericho marches around or Jericho, um, whatever you want to call it, around the church sanctuary. And I've heard of, um, have you, I don't know, I just want to put this resource out to the people. There's this book called Draw the Circle. 
And in the book, like God was telling him to take the territory. I think it was like maybe in DC or something. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. like, and God had them like, like not only to walk around it and pray and drive around it and stuff, but like even draw a circle around the territory that God was taking back. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this totally aligns with the word of God. Yeah. I'll just get through the rest because I think it's only two or three more. Sitting is another one that's mentioned in my notes, but I kind of separated it. But anyway, um, it also represents being seated in heavenly places and um, just, uh, once again, humility and uh, taking authority, but by recognizing where you're seated. Yeah. Because even like rulers who sit in their official places, they are sitting. And then another posture is, like I said, you don't always have to have your head bowed, but you can look up to heaven. And that, it was interesting to me because as I was studying this, it kind of happened right afterwards because this gentleman from my same projects had passed away and they had did like a memorial in front of his building and he has a son. And so one of the church members had came to pray at the memorial and it was mainly like family and close friends, but the son was there. And so the church member opened the prayer by saying, let us look to the Lord. And the little kid went like this and lifted his head up and opened his eyes. And I was like, come on yes, now. Baby. Yes, baby. Right. And I was like, because most people, when you say that, they bow their heads because they think that's the only position for prayer. But I said, if he ain't, come yes, on. Minister. Right. And so he looked up to heaven. Like he just looked up to the sky and opened his eyes. And I was like, this is for me. But it just. Yeah, the fact that you even saw him do that because you could have right. easily just, you know. Because once again, this is on like Facebook Live because we all virtual and whatnot. Um, but then that just also reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures in um, Psalms, which is Psalms 121, where it says, I will lift up my eyes to the hill from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so also one of my favorite worship songs. But that posture of looking up also signifies recognizing where your help comes from, recognizing or uh, signifying this display of confident faith or Mm -hmm. this display of recognizing who God is and looking and setting your face towards him. Can y'all hear what's going on in my background? Not really. Oh, my mama making coffee and the cure rig is very good. Oh, no, I didn't get it all. Anyway, so yeah, setting this, this, your face, setting your face towards God, seeking God's face. Because even that reminds, a lot of what we've been talking about has reminded me of like Exodus 33 when Moses had asked to see God, to see God. And God was like, now you can't see my face because anyone who sees my face will not live. But I'm going to let you see my glory. So go hide in that rock and I'm going to hide my hand and you can see my back. But if we think of that as prayer, because he was communing and communicating with God, he had his face towards God, setting his face open so that he could see God's glory. And something else just came to mind and just slipped on my mind that fast too. But, oh, cause also with um, Moses and Exodus, when he would go into the tent, it said that he would talk to God face to face. So his, I try to reconcile that sometimes, like what does face to face mean when God just told me I can't see his face? But either way, it's recognizing that Moses, spoke with God face to face. So his face was towards God. 
And so another posture we can take is setting our face towards God. And for us, that might mean looking up. And then I think finally, uh, the other posture is stretching your arms. And that also represents, obviously, I can't do it because y'all seeing all of it, but you know, like it represents once again, surrenderance and appeal to uh, God and his power. Cause you're like opening your hands up to receive from God, whatever it is you need to receive. Yeah. It um, demonstrates worship. Cause I think a lot of times when we think about worship, we think about extending our hands, excuse me, but you can even do that in prayer. I know even like, I think the Muslims, when they pray, they go like this, mm-hmm. but you know, having open arms, open hands, to receive from God and to also show surrenderance towards his power is another position. And it's been plenty of times where I've been in prayer and me personally, one of my gifts is a gift gift of healing and that works through my hands and my hands will get on fire. Mm -hmm. Like when God is like moving me to or using me to heal, lay hands or whatever, that like trigger warning or trigger response for me is my hands, they get on fire. Well, sometimes if I'm praying and my hands are doing whatever they're doing, they're down or they're whatever, but then they start getting on fire, I immediately put them up because now I'm surrendering. Yeah, I'm, I'm now surrendering whatever power it is that you're not about to use to me and recognizing this power comes from you. This is not me. Let me, so like, if I'm, even if I'm like this, I, I don't pray like that, but I'm saying, if I'm like this and my hands start getting on fire, right now I have my hands flat, but my hands start getting on fire, then I'll open them immediately. Because wow. it's like, all right, God, I know you're about to use me. Let me surrender to your power. Let me be, receive your power. Let me acknowledge your power, your sovereign power. Let me reflect your redeeming work. Let me reflect you. Because you outstretched your arms, not just on the cross, but um, just also that just shows that. And a lot of times, soon surrenderance in prayer, like you'll just like surrender yourself, like I'm giving myself away. Yeah. And so that's another posture that we can take in prayer is outstretched hands or arms. And all of these things reflect different people in the Bible that took these positions. Like I mentioned earlier, Abraham laid prostrate. Moses had his face, the face moment. He also prayed with his arms, his hands outstretched. I'm also thinking about the time when they were in the battle and he had to have his arms up. And whenever his arms dropped, they started to lose the battle, but uh-huh. he then had them help him hold his arms up. Cause once again, this, this showing of power with outstretched arms, Solomon knelt in prayer. Jesus looked up to heaven um jesus prayed a whole type of way a bunch of ways that we can um model but all of these postures i've mentioned are not just me and my personal experience but it comes from the bible and modeling after mimicking reflecting different people prayer warriors prophets jesus himself in the posture and the physical posture that they would take in their prayers so while spiritual and heart posture is the most important let us not forget the physical posture that goes with it because that is just as important yeah you know what song it comes to mind? That song by, I think it's James Fortune. Let your pop. Well, I'm not going to sing it, but <laughs> <laughs> almost did. But it basically says, let your power fall. Let your will be done. Prove the doubt is wrong. You're still, you're still mighty and strong. So fight this battle for me and help my unbelief so I can tell all my friends that you have won again. And the whole time that you were talking about these different postures, that song was just like, 
beaming in my mind. I call it spirit song when the spirit starts singing songs to me um, in ministry, and I call it a spirit song. So this the spirit, this Holy Spirit was singing that song to me about like these different postures of prayer lead ultimately to the victory. So I can tell all my friends that you have won again. And I feel like that even, even that, so I can tell all my friends that goes to, for we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So even in us being able to quote unquote, tell all of our friends, it's a part of us being able to share the testimony of how God did it. And a lot of times and most times how God does it is when we get into this place of surrendering and handing it over to him and casting our cares to him um, and allowing and something that I wanted to talk about. And we can actually close because for sake of time and we can pick back up next week. But in that not the last but two prayer calls ago you said something that of course i already told you i loved it because i felt like it was so pro poetic and profound but you said something like you know appreciate my silence or you know you basically in the middle of prayer or even prior to entering into prayer and engaging and allowing god to use you as a vessel as a yielded vessel you were quiet and you were silent and I feel like that time of silence, uh, appreciated silence, allowed God not to not allowed us not to just surrender to enter into his presence, but allow him to speak to us individually. And I feel like that is even maybe I can add it to next week, like the types of prayers, because it sounds so weird to say that silence is a type of prayer. However, we do. And we spoke about this last week. Prayer is two way communication between you and God. So if you are always talking, then when are you listening? And so I thought that that was so profound and I loved it. And um, I said that I was going to actively uh, implement it into my prayer strategies. Um, I haven't actively or intentionally done so. However, on my, I do these Wednesday noonday prayer clubhouses, like on clubhouse, I do like this prayer room and literally First of all, just this past Wednesday, I had the most powerful one that I've ever experienced. Girl, crying, everything, tongues, and I, I'll be trying. Or I, I used to try not to talk in tongues on platforms because I never wanted to offend people. But then I realized it wasn't so much me offending people; it was me more so quenching the spirit from moving through me. But that's I digress. That's a thing between me and God. Nevertheless, it was like a real thing, girl. It was like powerful as a mug. And while, <laughs> and while it was going down, I just was like, "And God, we just gonna get." I said, "I don't know what I said." But nevertheless, we got quiet and got silent. So for God to speak, and it was powerful. And then afterwards, because I was like still, you know, saturated in the presence of God afterwards, after I got off the floor, I'm like, oh, wait, I got to tell Dana. I, I got silent before the Lord. I forgot to tell you, friend. <laughs> Here it is. You know, Ecclesiastic says it's a time to be silent and a time to speak. So come on, word. And I'm trying to think of when God spoke to Elijah. Granted, they said that he was in a still small voice, but uh-huh. that comes with silence. And I feel like there's a scripture that said God was in the silence. I'm trying to find it, but God does speak in silence. He was in the so wind. He was. No, he. Oh, he wasn't in the wind. He wasn't he in the wind. He wasn't in the fire. Yeah, he was this still small voice. But I feel like there's another verse that says, and I'm trying to find it, that God was in the silence. But whatever. God definitely does speak in silence. So if you're in prayer and you're listening, you being silent doesn't mean there's silence. That's but good. 
Holly. I feel like Oprah. I feel like Oprah. Were you silent or were you silenced? <laughs> you watched it? <laughs> no. I just saw the memes. <laughs> I said I'm going to watch it, though. I'm going to go back and watch it. Oprah's so dramatic. But yeah, so God is helping me understand a season of silence in a better way. Because he told me first about the season of silence. And for me, I understood that to just mean I'm being silenced. Silenced. Because I'm one who's usually very vocal about mm-hmm. things. And so when he told me it was a season of silence, I was like, oh, I'm being silenced. Mm. But then God helped reveal to me, no, like, no, you're just in silence. You're just being silent. To listen more. Because, yeah, exactly. Also because I'm not supposed to speak on certain things, but like I said, it's the time to speak and the time to be silent. So Bye, it's just... <laughs> no, he leaving because of what I'm talking about. Um, but I thought um, he was like letting us know, like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm like, all right, bye. No, he's like, I'm leaving. I know, Ramon. He's saying it because of what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, we'll add it to the agenda, Ramon. But agenda. we be having to make agendas of all the things we need to discuss. So it's I'll just add that. Yes. But it'd be so much because, like, every day it'd be so much. So our agenda is ever going. our podcast listeners and people who watch the replay, Raymond is Dana's best friend. So (laughs) they have a lot of insiders and she's able to understand his tone even through words. (laughs) But yes. so her other best friend. Erky. It was just an understanding of what silence really means. Because I also am now. Oh, it was the Oprah. (laughs) So anyway. Um. Understanding what silence really means, because now I'm also starting to study and learn and be exposed to understanding silence as a discipline, mm, a, sp- a spiritual discipline, not yeah. just as a discipline, like we ought to know how to tame our tongue and be disciplined in our tongue and in our meditation silence, because you yeah. ought to silence things to meditate, but not just in that natural discipline of the sense, but thinking of silence as a spiritual discipline, as well as a spiritual habit. Yeah. And because it's so crazy, because I think I've done that silence thing two times outwardly on prayer calls and both times people were like this is weird this is awkward what is she doing questioning what was happening Who I'm said like, this no, not a prayer call. I, ain't I, ain't, I ain't naming no names somebody said that for real yeah oh wow I thought so, it was powerful yeah, but I do think it comes up. with a level of revelation and understanding okay bye we'll yeah. add it to our we'll add it to our agenda girl <laughs> But it just shows and reveals to me that people, even Christians, which is why we're going into the deep now, but also including myself, because like I said, this is only something I've beginning to explore in the last year, don't understand silence as a discipline. Don't understand silence as a moment with God. Yeah. And I think just naturally speaking, people are uncomfortable with silence. Like that's yeah. why people ramble and rant and talk because they don't appreciate the silence. You don't have to fill every space with words. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that um, God, I, I want to say 2017, but I don't want to just throw out years. But I remember God had me. He gave me this. He spoke this to me one time. I don't know when. Years ago, whatever. And he said, quiet is a ministry. And then that. from there, after he said quiet is a ministry to me, I lived it out or whatever, learned about it. And then years later, which is why I feel like the 2017 year came from, but I'm unsure. He had me to teach a sermon called Quiet is a Ministry. And I remember trying to change it to silence is a ministry. And I even remember the flyer because I made it myself, I think, maybe not. But 
on the flyer, I had silences in ministry and then literally had the person, maybe I didn't make it, had the person go back and put a slash through silence and write quiet is the ministry. I would love to like revisit that. Um, I would love to revisit that to get revelation and provide it to y'all. Okay, Raymond's going in. Agendas for everybody. Come on now. This has escalated to a sermon. Y'all <laughs> gonna make me late for my meeting. <laughs> well, we closing out now. We are closing out. So um, because we were unable to finish out this conversation, which I actually pretty much knew because I already wrote it in our, uh, I don't know if you saw, okay, good. So next week we'll actually be talking about the different types of prayer. You can join us for episode four, which will probably be titled um, Position to Pray. Purposed for prayer. Purpose, thank you. Purpose the first one was Position to Pray. Today was Postured to Pray. And, and next, next week will be, week will be Purposed to Pray. Pray. To pray or purpose for prayer purpose to pray is probably purpose to pray so we're gonna um he said i would love for you to revisit it too i will definitely revisit it um and we can maybe we have a talk about it next week if, oh. talking, if you're talking about the different purposes of prayer silence would be a or quiet yeah, would right. be a purpose okay, okay cool so yeah um uh, we'll talk about the purpose of prayer or purpose to pray purpose to pray i feel that very strongly in my spirit that that's gonna be the title is purpose to pray and we'll be talking about how quiet is did you just say sermon did i say sermon? no i said what are you talking about because he said i feel very strongly in my spirit to title the sermon purpose to pray did i say that i don't know our sermons but anyway the talk the conversation the message, if you will, purpose to pray. And um, we'll be talking about the different types of prayer as well as how quiet is a ministry. Which is a purpose in prayer. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Amen. So tell your friends, bring a friend. I'll close this out. Okay. Dear God, thank you for another day of life, health, and strength above ground. Thus, meaning we have more purpose to walk out in this earth. So, God, thank you for allowing us to do so. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins and giving us the grace when we mess up. Thank you for giving us the mercy to not give us what we deserve so that we can just continue to walk out this journey with you. As we continue this journey, God, not only with covenant conversations in our community, but with you individually, continue to speak to us in our prayers. Help us to understand what it means to come to you in prayer, not just spiritually, but physically. Help us to be encouraged to pray, not just for ourselves, but for others. Help us to be encouraged and open to explore different ways to pray, different postures to pray in, and to have an understanding of what posture we need to take with you. Yeah. Help us as we try to grow in our prayer life as prayer is so substantial in our relationship with you. Open our spirits to not just pour out to you, but to also receive from you. Open our minds, hearts, and even our bodies to receive. Help us to want to commune with you. Help us to want to show up to prayer meetings. Help us to want to show up to prayer calls. Help us to engage and interact and be intentional and active in these prayer calls. Yeah. Help us to intercede on behalf of others and take the correct posture when we do so. Just help us, God, as we set our face towards you, towards the hills from which cometh our help. 
intercede, advocate, use your spirit within us as we enter into prayer, even in this prayer in this moment. And speak to us in a way that we can receive from you as we remember that prayer is a two-way communication and conversation. Thank you for all you've done, all you're doing and all you will do. Thank you for the silence. Thank you for your words. And thank you for everyone that's around us. In Jesus name, I pray for his sake, amen. Amen. That was powerful, friend. All right, y'all, so y'all can go ahead and make sure that you set an alarm um, on your phone and with your clocks or whatever so that you can join us next week every thursday we will be live um via facebook covenant conversations also one of the our goals as we are going into the deep is to continue the conversation after the live stream stops so we have created a facebook group for our community to further engage to ask questions to communicate with us um and we also put different activities in there it's just an amazing place to be so if you would like to join our facebook group is also you can just request request to join it's covenant conversations with the s Instagram is Covenant Conversation, no S, and we are available on all podcast platforms. Um, wherever you listen to your music or stream, you can listen to us. Apple, iTunes, uh, Google, Google, Spotify. everywhere, Spotify, everywhere. So yeah, um, we love y'all. We are praying for you consistently. We're always uh, looking for opportunities to be more efficient in serving you. So we love you guys. Stay tuned uh, and stay connected. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Who am I? Am I ready? Am I called? Am I cool? Am I tripping? Am I odd? Am I chosen for the 